0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to We're Golden. This is a podcast where two women, myself, Content Kim, Kim Hodges, and Jody Harrison Bauer, where we share our experiences and life lessons that we've learned from our journey into our sixties and beyond.
1: Hi, Kim. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Kim is the young, the young one here. Yeah, I'm the baby. I'm 60. <laughs> Kim turned 60 in September, which seems like such a long, not that you turned 60 so long ago, but turning 60 because I just turned 63 just uh-huh. seems like so long ago. You know, as we get older, time seems to pass really, really fast. Yes. Right. And they, they're, we can save that for another episode, why it seems like things go by faster as we get older, whereas we're younger when we're seven an eight or 10 or 13, it seems like, oh, or when you're four, six, 15, and you can't wait to take your driver's license and to be 16. It's like forever. Um, But for me, it does. And I don't know if that means that time's gone by really fast, that turning 60 was a really long time ago for me. But I feel like I have had so many life experiences, ups and downs, covid you know, and we were talking before we got on the show, how you were in your fifties during COVID and how you felt that that made, you know, made a big difference in everybody's life. But Mm -hmm. how did you feel being a woman in your fifties going through COVID and now being 60? Do you feel like all of those things impacted you and the way you feel about age and getting older?
0: Yes. I felt like, so So I was kind of going through it anyway. And my like when I turned 50, like I didn't love my 50s. But when I turned because
1: why didn't you like turning because
0: when I turned 50, it I don't know when my kids left for college. I felt like it was maybe before that, but it was but it seemed to from 50 on, it was kind of like I was a little bit lost. Like, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? Work because I've been taking care of kids all those years, even when they were in college. You're still constantly going down there and you're still showing up at Parents' Day and you're, oh, yeah. there's still a lot of stuff to do. You're
1: still nurturing them. You're yeah. still, you're, they're still coming home. You're still,
0: yeah, you're still nurturing yeah. them. Yeah. So when they left, like for their real world jobs, it was kind of like, just what the hell? It hit me like a brick and it was not good. I So I just, I kind of was floundering for quite a few years. Then COVID hit and it was like, you're stuck at home. So you get in that mode and it that's a whole nother world. Like that was a completely different world. And I was fine. I felt like then, but you don't socialize, you don't do anything. And so then when we come out of COVID, you kind of have to relearn everything a little bit. So, and that's right when my daughter got the job at Barstool Sports with me. Right. So that was a whole nother world, which I loved that part. Right. But I have to say, it kind of made it hard to navigate because it was kind of like, God, I haven't even been social for two years and now I'm out here doing all this. Right. Because that was what, two or three years ago. That was
1: 2021, right? Two and
0: a half years. Yeah.
1: So 2021 is when you started with Barstool and you Mm -hmm. drove out to New York.
0: Yeah. And so that was a whole different world, but I love that. But it made me go, I don't want to go back to that spot pre-COVID where I was floundering trying to figure out who I am. And and just get back in that rut of doing that. Just, it was kind of boring. I mean, it was boring because I wasn't doing anything on my own and I really wasn't sure what I was supposed to be doing or who I was. So I feel like now, I don't know, since I turned 60, it's kind of like, I get to figure it out. And I right. and it's all about me, kind of. Well, I, th-
1: <laughs> I think I th- it is. And we don't have to feel guilty about it. I mm-hmm. think that when
0: maybe we're in our
1: 40s and 50s and as we've discussed, we had our children, even though we're like, three Years apart, we had our children around the same ages, so yeah, I had my daughters in 89 and 93, so I was 28 and 32. Mm-hmm. So, my oldest left for college in 2007, I would think that's when your son left, right? He like- left in 09. 09, okay, so yeah, and Alyssa then Alex left, left
0: in 11,
1: so that's when Lexi left too, yeah. right? So, you were so I was 2011, I was 50. So you were, you were only 47 when Alex left, right? So had, were you going through menopause or what was going on in your physical life? Like, were you just, were you just, when Alex left, were you going through menopause? Were you, what was going on?
0: Um, no, I, I, cause I had a full hysterectomy. How old were you? Let's see. I, I did it in 2013. So Yeah. Yeah. So you were 49. Yeah. Right. I was thinking I did that before she left, but I didn't. Yeah. yeah. I did remember Michael was still in college though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I was, that was the best day of my life actually. Cause before that I had PMS so bad and terrible oh, cramps. You? So is so that why you had that those- every month? I was just non-functioning. <laughs> wow. Wow. I never had that. I
1: had to, I was, I was competing. And I remember going through the same thing. So my story is a little bit different, but similar to yours in that because I got divorced in 2002, mm-hmm. that was sort of my wake up call to me to start creating a new Jodi. Yes. But while I was doing that, my girls were only nine and 13 when I got divorced. So and it was
0: that hard because you were still in that mother mode, but you, oh. but not married anymore. So that's a huge identity, like Very, being a wife.
1: Very, very hard. Very, very hard because I was only known as Mrs. Harrison. I kept my, my two last names are my, my ex-husband and my now husband. I should just go to just Jody and just keep it that way. Um, because who knows what's going to happen in the future. Anyway, like yeah, I should just be Jody. So, um, yeah, that was a really trying time for me. And being 42, being, you know, I thought I was old, but now I realize how young I was. It was 21 years ago and trying to figure out who I wanted to be and being there in the same way or in a better way than I was before my divorce, because um, I needed to show them how strong I was, how resilient I was and show them that you can be this woman who could have a job and also be a stay-at-home mom. But let me tell you, for every woman listening right now who works full-time, and I did not go back to work full-time at all. I was working very part-time. Who works full-time and is raising a family? I don't know how you do it because it's very hard. And to also be present if if you're married and you want to be present in your romantic relationship. So you have to be a mom, you have to be a wife or a significant other. And then you are this completely other entity at work. I, I think that would be very overwhelming. So for me, um, you know, my strength came from being the best mom that I could be. And I did my work and worked on myself in the pockets I've had time when the girls were in school. So yeah, that was very transitional for me. And then I started competing in fitness shows, which started giving me confidence and identity. And then I started going through menopause at forty at 48. And I started competing at 47. Wow. So, so as I was opening up my first studio at 50, I was like night sweats, hot flashes in a relationship with somebody. Um, he, that's, he a, was, that's
0: a lot to navigate. It was
1: so much. I look back, my life was so chaotic, but I was always, and I, you know, that relationship turned into a lot of toxic stuff because He wanted to be with me all the time. And I said, no, 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 no. This is my time with my daughter. i am never, Alyssa was already in college. I'm never going to have this time with Lexi for four years all alone. Mm -hmm. I'm never giving this up. And if you don't want to date me anymore, then don't date me. And it went on back and forth like that until like 2014. That's that's
0: good you handled it that way. Because I can just through the years, people that I've watched when they get divorced kind of go off the deep end for a while. And mm-hmm. some people, it can be a year, two or three, some people just months. Yeah, I've but, seen it. I've seen
1: it yeah, myself. Yeah. And it really, you know, going through a divorce is hard enough on the the parents, but then the children, you know, and my ex-husband, and I'm not disrespecting him here. My ex-husband got engaged six months after we got divorced. So that was, that really screwed things up. The girl, that yeah. was really tough. And then got added the one more
0: person into that little.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So when it came to my fifties, um, to me, it was really messy because I was ending the toxic relationship. Lexi went off to college. So I was, it was me and my new business, Jody fit. And I was in the throes of menopause. Mm-hmm. And to me, I would never, I loved my forties. I would never want to repeat my fifties, at at least from 50 to 54. Those were the toughest years. And then I started coming into my own after I finished menopause. And I had the, because I had a lot of mood swings and I wasn't on bioidentical hormones or anything like that. Did you ever have
0: to be on hormones? I just, when I left after that hysterectomy, they gave me a patch and I've just been on one since then. (laughs) <laughs> okay. So that's got the whole cocktail of what you need. It was just, no, it's just the estrogen. So if I, I mean, I've gone through things where I would do a, I do a DHEA spray that I started right when I had the hysterectomy Okay. and then um, occasionally. So they added a, uh, a tiny bit of hormone cream, uh, um, the men, estrogen, no, uh, testosterone, pre- t- t- yeah, testosterone, that, and I have to take like, one eighth of what they say or drives me nuts. Like I can only do that the happened to me. That happened bit. to me
1: too. That happened yeah. to me too, and it was in front of my daughters, and I went crazy. Yeah, and they were yeah. like, "What is wrong with you?" I said, "I think I'm taking too much testosterone." I was taking what the doctor had suggested. Yeah. Now I take a minute amount as well.
0: Yeah, I don't even know if it helps, but I just go mentally. It's probably like a libido. I mean, a uh. Well, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, just think about it. I just, like okay. a little enough
1: for a libido to happen. Yeah. <laughs> to have a libido. Yeah. I know. Um, it is interesting going through the different stages. And um, you know, you also during your 50s, once you've either had a hysterectomy and are on hormones, I went through menopause, was not on hormones, and you just start seeing you do. Like, what is my purpose? Where do mm. I fit into everybody's life now? Who are the friends that I really feel good being around? For me, all of my friends changed because yes. my life changed. So I lost all my friends. Which is um, so bizarre to
0: me. It's so But it just sad. happens when people I mean, it happened to my mom and they've been divorced. They got divorced 35 or 40 years ago. Yeah. Same thing. They all they like if your friends are married, they go with the guy. It's just well, how they, it is.
1: they it's... went with my ex-husband because he had a fiance already. So since I was just dating, so I was yeah. like slutty
0: to them <laughs> because I was
1: dating um, and I never left my daughter's home so I could go on a date. I was just a very present mother um, that uh, they were threatened by me being around. I can say that very honestly right now. They were threatened by the new Jody. The really, the more outgoing Jody, the sexier Jody, the more authentic Jody, not the Jody who was the stay-at-home
0: mom
1: who didn't ruffle any feathers. I was Well, you
0: still weren't ruffling any feathers. That was just an insecurity on their part. Right. But I had to deal with it
1: until yeah. and we used to go to all these dinners, and then I had gotten a boob job, and they did not like that. So here comes Jody and her new boobs. And I had only gone to a C. I wasn't even as big as I am now, and they were like, "Oh, there's Jody and her boobs, her brand new (laughs) boobs." I'm like, "Get over yourself. It's 2003, 2004. Like, get over yourself." And it it wasn't until like five years after I got divorced that I had to eliminate myself from that toxicity. It wasn't working for me. I I had changed. They didn't. They didn't welcome the new Jody, and I. For all the women listening right now who have gone through a divorce, I'm sure you can relate to what I'm saying. And maybe if I had a fiance at the time, they would have gone with me, but he had the fiance. I think they
0: go with who their husband goes with. That's just the stronger, that might be like, they can do stuff with you on their own, but it just seems like that's how it goes
1: when it comes to couples, right? When it comes
0: to couples. And I don't know why, but that's just how it goes.
1: I had two couples that stayed friends with both me and him. And we're still friendly with them, which is really nice. Really, really nice. Probably because our daughters are best friends and it's through the kids, but it's
0: independent of the kids. We're all still friendly. And also Um, I think people who, who like, if you were the first person in your group to get divorced, they didn't know that your friends didn't know anything about it. So it's definitely a, a challenging time.
1: I would love to hear from the women or the men listening right now um, mm-hmm. who, who has gone through a divorce. Did you lose your friends um, if you're a woman or, or the man? Did you keep all your friends and did your friends accept you as the new person? And I didn't know that I was becoming a new person. I just was evolving into the woman I wanted to become. And I, I see And her.
0: your divorce was different, I think, because it wasn't infidelity on either side. No, no. So it was just you wanted it was just you needed to change like that was what your deal was. But where everyone I know that's gotten divorced, there's been infidelity. Oh. And that makes it easier to pick a side.
1: Yes, because you, you kind of go, go yeah,
0: he's a jerk and he's out. So we're he's just a cheater. Yeah.
1: yeah, that would be easy for me, too. The hardest thing was was one of our closest friends. Uh, they knew him before they knew me. And they said, Jode, we have to pick a side. The And then this past April, I ran into them at my ex-father-in-law's funeral. And she and I have gotten back in touch.
0: After oh, good. All I like that issues. she told you that, though. He instead did. of yeah instead of just blowing you off or not answering you, she said we have to pick a side and this is where we're going. I know it was it was
1: heartbreaking, but I I remember going, "Okay, I get it. Like mm-hmm. that's fine." Um yeah. So and that seems to happen a lot of women get divorced after in their 40s, after 15 to 17 years of marriage. If you check out a lot of your friends who have gotten divorced, It's usually at that 17-year mark, and they're usually in their early 40s. -hmm. My advice to anybody listening right now, if you have been married for over 30, 35 years, um, don't get divorced unless your person is abusing you or there is terrible infidelity or there's there's terrible toxicity that's bad for you mentally and physically. But if it isn't, just try to get along as well as you can because,
0: you know. The grass isn't always greener. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't leave for greener grass, but like, and I'm not saying you shouldn't get divorced after 60. Um, but my now husband was married for 35 years. And um, you just, you'll lose a lot of money. That's all
0: I'm going to say. You lose is, a lot of money. And you know, it's funny. Okay. So, if it's, so if it's infidelity, the whole thing before it gets to that point is figure that out first. Like, right this is so my dad was always messing around on my mom and i so i was with him yesterday and i said and i videoed it i said what 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 would yourself now tell your 30 year old self Mm. and he said well and he's a big christian so he reads the bible he said Mm. i would read the bible and it seems to me you need to interpret it into your life like he goes the part about relationships with women, he said, I, I wish I had been reading it more then and applying it to my life because you shouldn't oh. have any relations with women when you're married. And I go, well, did you not know that dad? Cause that's right. called, that's called screwing around on your wife. Like that's having an affair. And he goes, well, those well, are
1: wedding vows, dad.
0: Yeah. He goes, he said, no, I mean, like he was saying even a close friend friendship that gets it just builds and builds and builds like if I had known that he probably would have saved himself quite a few affairs and a divorce Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it but I was and his he kept going I go does that mean I can't have any guy friends is that what you're saying and he Mm -hmm. said no you just can't get intimate and I was like and he meant not like a not just sex but just becoming intimate emotional emotional intimate yeah Like if you said, that's bad. And I'm thinking he just didn't, he probably didn't even know the difference between that back because he's 91 when he was 30. Right. 60 years. People didn't talk about that stuff. And he's a guy, but I'm, but he, he said the, the hat, the, the damage it does to your life is the most severe.
1: Mm.
0: And I was like, if you could have just kept your dick in your pants. Right.
1: Right. And you know what? He's, he's, you know, obviously very right about that, that if you're, and I always say if you're unhappy in the marriage, more than likely the other person is not happy either. Uh And probably 60 years ago, people were not going for therapy. Uh um, So they weren't talking about their feelings. So they really were at a disadvantage. I do think that that, um, that um, generation you didn't see a lot of divorces. So I think it is unusual to have parents. My parents are both gone, but they would be, my dad would be 93 right now. Um, they didn't get divorced. They just stayed miserably married.
0: Well, see, the, so that the, in Oklahoma had one of the highest divorce rates at this time.
1: <laughs> Why?
0: I don't know. It was in the 80s. So it could have been like the oil boom bust kind of thing. Oh, But okay. it was like, A lot of women, I do think this, I don't know if this is everywhere, but in the Midwest, I would say it was, it's like, they would just brush it underneath the rug at Mm -hmm. that age Mm -hmm. back then. Mm -hmm. Right. They don't want to know about it, but he kept doing it to where he was going to get caught. So like, why did he do that? But they would just brush it under the rug until it was out in the public and you had no choice.
1: Right. And so I think what happened with our generation is that all of us. Now, my parents weren't divorced. Nobody in my family was divorced. Nobody. If you told me that I was going to get divorced one day, I would tell you absolutely not. Um, But I think what happened is our generation, the baby boomers, um, saw that maybe our parents were miserable and Mm -hmm. said, I'm not going to be like that. So I'm going to get out when shit hits the fan or I'm unhappy. So if I feel... See that thumbs up thing. It's <laughs> my father. He knows I'm talking about him. And as soon as I feel unhappy, I'm not going to do what my parents did. And I think it took it to the extreme. I and think, now so I think The other generation, like our children, I th- that's why they're all waiting longer to get married because they've seen how many of their friends or their parents and people in their lives have gotten divorced. So hopefully we'll see a retreat. The other side of that. Right, but at least they're talking- Or the middle, the middle. The middle, right. It doesn't have to be to that extreme. Like nobody should stay in a relationship where they're miserable. But if we go back to what we were saying before about menopause, so the worst thing I think a woman could do is get divorced during menopause because you are just not, your hormones are just controlling everything and it's a friggin' shit show. And so- I, I did it before I went through menopause, and so I was dating while I was going, you know, was postmenopausal and going through menopause with a toxic person. So you add all those things together, and it was it it was toxicity yeah. to the to the limit. Um, and uh, I think just getting older, hopefully we have some wisdom, you know, through these experiences, as you said at the beginning of the show when you did the intro that, we're going to be sharing our life experiences and hopefully bringing some value to what we've experienced to help all of you listening. So if you are going through menopause right now, or you're having terrible periods, see a doctor, maybe you need a hysterectomy. Maybe you need to go on hormones. Nobody was talking about hormone replacement therapy when I was going through menopause. And probably if you didn't have the hysterectomy, they would have never suggested hormone replacement therapy. Because, no, no, no. But that is uh-huh. normal. That if you have to go on hormone replacement therapy after hysterectomy or. Oh, something. no.
0: I had a doctor tell me numerous times. This was one of her. She said, when you have PMS and you feel this bad, mm-hmm. it's like your husband coming home every day and you hitting him over the head with the bat. Yeah, like, yeah, why does right. he want to come home to that? And I'm kind of like, well, I don't know what the hell to do. Like, help me here. And at some point she's like, you need to go see a therapist. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. is not fucking talk therapy.
1: Right, right. And that's the other thing. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is something the other generation has um become very aware of because we have social media platforms where we can talk about it. So there are women in their 40s complaining about being perimenopause and, you know, funny TikTok things about them and their husbands and now women in menopause. At first it drove me crazy because I was mm-hmm. like. You know, you guys didn't invent perimenopause or menopause. So shut shut up. But I, I've that sounds really, really mean. So don't hold that against me. But now I'm I have a different mindset. It's like, I'm glad they're talking about this because we need as much education.
0: And the and younger I, ones can see it. They think it's funny and they know they're coming they they're not yes. into it yet. But since we're on the other side of it, we're like, oh, well, that's just minute compared to the shit we went through, right?
1: Right. Right. <laughs> and that's why I say on 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 my um, on Instagram, like you don't have to suffer through this stuff like we did. You don't have to suffer, ladies. You don't have Mm-mm. to suffer and feel like Kim did where she wanted to come home and like hit her husband over a bat. I'm not saying you ever did that. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And yes. um, whether you're divorced I- or married or single or whatever your situation is, and, you know, if you're in your mid thirties, you know, perimenopause is right around the corner. yeah it's it's a coming, girls it's coming. so be prepared it's like anything you know even you've been working out your whole life I've been working out my whole life that has set us up to feel better in our bodies now that we're in our 60s so we're not chasing fitness we're not chasing health we're not chasing any of those things and we're not saying that it's too late because it's never too late but it's like being on top of perimenopause and menopause like Look, get your blood work done. Find out if you're deficient in any hormones. Get Look into hormone replacement therapy. So when you do go into perimenopause or if you are perimenopause, you'll know where to go. And it yeah. te- let me tell you, it's not your OBGYN. It's a hormone expert and being prepared. So you're not chasing it like I did. Cause I didn't start until I was 60. Yeah. And it wasn't until I saw a friend who also had a hysterectomy who was starting to take, she was turning 50. She was 10 years younger than me. And I'm like, wait a minute, you look really good. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And she said, I started hormone replacement there. I'm like, Son of a gun, I'm going to look into this and I was so happy that I did because if you wait too long and I don't know what the too long age is, is you can't
0: optimize
1: your hormone levels.
0: And the damage is kind of done maybe.
1: It's, I don't know if the, da- yes, so it's or hard, her, or, it's or hard the, to keep run but, after it. Yeah. And that's but what so- I was doing.
0: But with that said, so I did have. There's a uh, so like uh, when I had my hysterectomy, they took everything, ovaries and everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where and then they say I don't know what this is, but there's this fine line of how long you should be on a, a hormone replacement if you still have your uterus or something I mean, ov- ovaries. So because of uterine cancer or ovarian cancer. So that's the one thing you have to be careful about. You should ask your doctor because I didn't know what to do. So my my OBGYN and my primary care doctor, I was like, you all figure it out. They were arguing about it. And then yeah. then they went with the whole thing. So since then, a cancer doctor that's a friend said, because people were like, you need to get off hormones after you've been on that long. And I she said, did you have a complete hysterectomy? And I said, yes. And she said, you don't need to worry. Right. But if I'd had parts left, I may have to worry. Right,
1: right. So that's in that's. For your hysterectomy, and also I know, and neither Kim or I are doctors, so please yeah. make sure that you do your research. This is—we're just sharing our experiences, and I'm just going to plug Fearlessly Authentic for a second because in August I had my hormone doctor um, on there, who's an MD and um, a naturopath who specializes in hormone replacement therapy in August and they both spoke about it. And I still, those are like one of the top rated shows because people just got so much information. And so if you want to listen to those, just go to fearlessly authentic, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um,
0: I think the point to all that is don't ever stop trying. If you don't feel good and one doctor doesn't work, find another one. Don't feel like you can't.
1: Right. And then get second, second and third opinions. Like just don't go to somebody who's going to tell you, but I do know that if you've had cancer, Mm -hmm. of some sort, you are, you may not be eligible to take hormone replacement therapy, but it does definitely help get through the messy fifties. And I, as I said, the fifties, when I think about it, it's middle age. And we talk about, I refer to it as the messy middle, the messy middle. You've got the sandwich, you know, you got the bun and you've got the messy middle food in the center of it. And then you've got the other bun. So I think the the bun was like 20s, 30s, 40s. Then you get the messy middle. You're an empty nester. If we're going like Kim and I were like, you're having your kids in your 20s and in your early 30s. The messy middle is in your 50s. Uh, menopause, empty nester. Maybe kids are getting married, whatever, or moving far away. And then once you hit oh your 60s. Yeah.
0: So I was listening to to Jodie Foster and she said she didn't love her fifties either, which I keep hearing a lot. And I think it's kind of reassuring, but she said, the you're, not sure who, you're not sure who you are. You're confused. You compete with your old self. You wonder if you're a relative. And she said, she thinks when you turn 60, there's a hormone that shoots through your body. And all of a sudden you're happier because just nothing matters anymore. It's kind of like, it's all okay. Like I got yeah. it. It's like, we've
1: been through so much crap. We can handle this. And we're going to handle it like a pro because we've been through this so many times. That's not to say that stuff doesn't hit us.
0: No, but we belt. have more compassion for ourselves after everything you've gone through. Like this these changes because yes. there's a lot. Somehow you go, I'm going to own it and I'll be compassionate with myself about it. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because you can finally go, it's okay that I'm going to be compassionate with myself after I've been compassionate with everyone else all these yes, years.
1: That's a great point. Giving yourself grace. Mm -hmm. after all of these years when you were so hard on yourself yeah yeah and beating ourselves up for maybe every situation and if you know maybe you're not that kind of person maybe you always gave yourself
0: grace and god bless you if you did um and that goes along with what you about the about your your body positivity also Mm -hmm. right it's it all just how you look even accepting the changes
1: Okay, so that's great that you brought that up. So here we are in our 60s, and we're talking about all the hormone imbalances. And for the most part, I think Kim and I have figured out with our physicians how to balance our hormones. We have always been healthy and fit, so we didn't have to chase after that. So we we put ourselves, maybe I know I didn't know that I would feel this way in my 60s, but we we set ourselves up for success, right? So in anything that we want to do, whether it's raising kids or in our job, we always want to set our, for me being a trainer to women, I always want to set my clients up for success. So we, whether we thought about it or not, we've already set ourselves up for success. So, and I think Jodie Foster says basically the same thing where it's not that you don't care. It's just that you've done so much. You're at a point where you're not letting anything bother you, but going back to your point about body positivity. So if you feel good about yourself and you could give yourself that compassion and that grace and you're working out and you're eating healthy and you have healthy relationships with people in your life, then, and having, living in that vessel of our body, feeling good in that, that that's just a wonderful way, mind and body to present ourselves to the world. We feel good about it. We feel positive about it. Mm-hmm. And so if if you're not at that point where you feel like you're at a great point with the way you feel in your body, there are things you can do about it because we don't want you to feel bad about it when you shouldn't feel bad about it at all. No,
0: no. I, I've always dealt with like arthritis and stuff and, I've, and, and, and I'm always going to find that I have our restless legs. So I search for everything. But my husband told me the doctor that we see now, he said- do you know what he calls you? And I said, what? And he said, he calls you the million dollar experiment. <laughs> and I said, I'm taking that as a compliment. No, why does he and call I'm not you- going to feel bad about it. Why does he call you that? <laughs> because I will, I I don't, I just go see any doctor I can to get what I need help for. That's smart. Yeah.
1: That's really He really did also smart. say,
0: maybe he goes, <laughs> I said, I think I have, um, I was having, I was really dizzy when I was out of town. I felt a little bit like vertigo. And he said, mm. He talked through it and then he goes, I think what you need to do is go out and buy some more real expensive, um, supplements. <laughs> As a joke kidding that? me. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, the doctor did. He was just oh, kidding me, but I was kind of like, he's very black, you know, he's kind of old school a little bit, but at the same time, I'm like, Hey, this works. And this is what I'm taking. You know what? Um, you have to fight for yourself to so
1: the point of that. You do, you do. And you can't accept, um, Everything that you read, you have to go see the doctors. When everybody, you know, asks me who, like about the hormones that I take, I tell them like, I'm not a doctor and you need to do your own research. And even um, when I had my tummy tuck last year, I interviewed 10 doctors because I needed to know which one, I I needed to hear the same answer from like five or six of them. Yes, you need a full tummy tuck. No, you need a partial tummy tuck. It's going to cost this much. This is what the um this is what uh what is it called? The afterwards. Um why can't I think of okay, word retrieval? What's the word? The afterwards. Yeah, like after you have the results? Not the result. (laughs) Recuperation. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. The recovery time. And, you know, and once I heard the same thing over and over again, I knew, okay, I need a full tummy tuck. Okay. Now what doctor do I want to see? And, and then, and then you get closer and closer, but just don't believe everything you read or hear on the internet. And, um, you've got to do your due diligence. This is, this is your body. This is your life. And, um, and these are your decisions to make. And if anybody in your life tells you, you don't need to gain weight, lose weight, or they don't think you need plastic surgery, or they don't think at the end of the day, you are a grown ass woman and you need to make those decisions and weigh out the
0: pros and cons of everything,
1: because there are cons to everything. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, there are for sure. I And I kind of did the same thing with my facelift. Like I researched all these doctors and all these things, but I will say like, when you just said that about, uh, the people being negative about it, about your weight or whatever, lose weight, don't lose weight. Right. Um, and I'd forgotten this until one of my friends said, Alex sure looks skinny. And I said something to Joe and he goes, Alex looks exactly like you did at that age and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Like I I was that thin. I could wear that size. I could do all that. It was just natural for me. I didn't, it wasn't, I mean, I worked out all the time. And I ate right. I've always eaten. But you're na- not
1: naturally, but but genetically, you yeah. are naturally thin.
0: Thinner. So yeah. Right. And so I and when my friend said that, I was kind of like, I kind of was like, oh my God, Alex, you gotta gain weight. And then when I said that wow. to Joe and he said that to me, I was like, that's what perception of other people's comments will do for you so it creates doubt and you go am I too skinny am I too big and it's like that's mm -hmm. not their thing it's yours well even when I was competing in fitness
1: shows um I had I had people say don't you think you're putting out a little too much muscle and I'm like no this is what I want to do The old Jody would have been like, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Should I not do it? I don't know. I don't know. Like my hair used to be really short, like Sharon Stone short. These are extensions. Um, But every hairdresser I went to said, no, you're a little person. You should wear short hair. And I said, but I don't want to have short hair. So I started going into the city and having my hair, you know, grow out and having somebody there because they're like, no, you can wear long hair. And here I am. An inch shorter than I was back in my 30s and 40s with hair down to my back. So it's you've got to, and this is is what's lovely about being in your 60s, is that you're not going to give a lot of time into what other people think about you anymore. It's not that we don't care, because I think everybody does care to a degree. Mm
0: -hmm. We don't
1: not give a shit. It's just that we know who we are more so we can stand in our truth more. Yes, I think that's true. Um, so we were going to touch on body positivity and talk about a little bit about plastic surgery today too. Um, but we did, I think that was a good segue of taking what we went through in our 40s and 50s and now hitting our 60s. So, you so I meant- have
0: one story about that. Yeah, go ahead. So <clears throat> Alex was still maybe in elementary school. And I had a boob job.
1: I'm so I was going to ask you if you ever had your boobs yeah, done.
0: I did. But I was as flat as, I've always been as flat as a No, boy. always my whole life. So then after I had both my kids, I was kind of like, I really want to do this. When I did it, I'm not kidding you. I almost went back to the doctor and had him taken out. I felt so gross. Wait, so- how
1: old were you and what size did you go to? I went to a C. <laughs> okay, that's what I did. Now, yeah. again, going back to the way your daughter looks. Were you built exactly like yeah. Alex? Oh, yeah. in that way. Like Alex fit okay.
0: Alex fit perfectly in my wedding dress. Okay, got it. Okay, yeah. and so and and I felt so. I don't know. I I just felt terribly guilty. Like I would call my friend and go. I I don't think I can deal with this. Like this feels so vain and so selfish and so so like against everything that I kind of stand for. Like you know, be yourself or whatever. And I'm like, that's not myself. But when but I did it, my facelift. When I did my facelift, I was like, I just watched a video that I made. And I, and I said, I did not even, I thought that I would go down that same path with mm, this. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. It was kind of like, who cares? I mean, I'm glad I did it. I wanted to do it and it's not hurting anything. I don't know why I couldn't have that attitude then that how I did now. Were, how
1: old were you when he had it done?
0: My boot, uh, let's see. I must've been. 40s? Probably in my, in my 40s.
1: Yeah, I was 40. Yeah. I was 42 when I had my first one. Have you yeah. only just had one?
0: Well, I went back not long ago and had them made smaller. Um, but I'm still a C, it was just like a smaller C, I guess. And put in before I had saline, and this time I think it's silicone, silicone, right? So, my but it first- was like. It was way past the year, the 20, was it 20 years? I don't know. It was way past 20 years. Well, if I just, let's see, if I did that, the the salines,
1: the salines can stay in there longer. It's the silicones I think you need to take out more often. I don't know. I don't know. I I had saline first too. And then, so I had my first. They
0: weren't even doing, I didn't even have an option then.
1: No, there was no option. They had taken the silicone off the market. So we were within like a couple of years of, of each other of getting our boob jobs and I am um, I'm going to be right behind you on the facelift.
0: It looks like 97 1997. Okay. And I had so Alex would have been only three. 93, four, five, six, seven, she would have been four.
1: No, that's wow. probably why I felt guilty. That's probably why. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was
0: like, mommy can't hold you.
1: <laughs> right, right. Well, I had mine after the divorce and I went to camp. So the girls were away at camp for the summer and it was parents' night. Now I went from a B to a full C. So I it wasn't a it was not a big jump. I was not flat chested. Um and my oldest daughter, who was only 13, and, you know, we had just gotten divorced. It was six months afterwards. As a matter of fact, her father is the one who took care of me, but that's for another episode. <laughs> um, uh, we were we were thinking about getting back together again six months after. Um, and then he got engaged right after I said, no, we can't get back together. Yes, yes. You can't make this stuff up. So uh-huh. Alyssa was so, that was my oldest. Alyssa was so upset, so upset because she just started developing because she was on the, she- Everything she developed. was so
0: upset that you got a boob job she was or so that was getting I, engaged
1: well both but that didn't both. happen until after the boob job so okay. um she was upset that I got the boob job because she hadn't developed fully yet she was about two years behind so she was 13 so she had like really nothing going on um she had just gotten her period so she was upset but when I think back it was hardly even a change so in 2008 I went back and I got double D's.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I went from a C to a double D, competed. And then in um, 2017, I had um, a lift, kept the double Ds. So took out the stuff. And then I had him do a lift. I never had the lift. But they were like, they were starting to bottom out. So I looked Mm -hmm. humongous, like ridiculous. And so now I have the lifted double Ds in my body. And I'm thinking about going down to a C in a couple of like, I don't know, does it
0: go, does it go C, D, double
1: D? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to go to a full C and those, those are the ones I'll be buried in. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was talking about, I'm going to have a really tight face, a really flat (laughs) stomach and great tits when I, (laughs) when I'm put into that coffin. (laughs) So I'm like, girls, these are the ones I'm going to be buried in. But um,
0: <laughs> what was it? You sent me the article that uh, somebody said they want to age disgracefully.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Who was that? Was that shared? No. who? No, was it was that? the
0: dark headed girl that was on the housewives that's married to Harry Hamlin.
1: Oh, yeah. Lisa Rinna. Yeah. Lisa Rinna. So as you can see, everybody, we are sharing our plastic surgery um, stories here with you. So Kim and I have both had boob jobs. Um, I had like a lower facelift in when i was 58 so 2019 um and i i need cuz i i look across at this beautiful woman here every single week who's just her face is so freaking tight i hate her um <laughs> and i had my upper lids done so i'm i need this has been five years, so it's time for the full-on facelift. So I'm going to actually go and see- And see, I
0: think you look awesome and don't need it, but that doesn't Thank matter. You. It's all of what you want to right, do. Right, and
1: that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. So when you mm-hmm. told me you were getting a facelift when we first met, I was like, this woman's face is perfect. She You're does sweet. not need anything. Um, but it, it comes down to standing in your truth, not listening yeah. to what other people- Obviously if you have a significant other, you want to make sure they're on the same page yeah. as you and are are there for you in any way because you live with them and having a relationship with them. And
0: And, and you if know, you do it right, I honestly I don't like I don't think most people would notice that I had one that didn't that like no way. That, that sees you every day. They just, I mean, most people don't sit there and stare at your flaws. They don't even notice them. Like when I look at my friends, I still see them like I did 30 years ago. in our twenties, thirties and forties. Don't you? Yes. Yes, I
1: do. I do very much. I have a friend I've been friendly with since fifth grade. Yes. I still see her the same way.
0: Yeah. You don't go, Oh, you look old and wrinkled. You go, I still look the same to me. Like it's just your personality shows through on your face. So I don't think most people that, you know, notice it.
1: And, and if you have a good surgeon, they're going to tell you that, because one of the things is like, we all want to look our best. It's not about looking younger. younger. It's not about that, you know, Kim and I have daughters the exact same age. We don't want to look like them. Um, we no. just want to be our best version of ourselves right now.
0: And I think that's the big thing that
1: is um, the misconception, the, the misconception
0: with a lot of the stuff on social media, because- mm-hmm. I think, like everyone getting their lips done, and not, and no one out there is saying, doing a lot of stuff in your lips, you're gonna have to keep it up. No one's saying that part of right. it, right? Or whatever the stuff they put in their job. These things that they're doing to look kind of the same, or what's in style, or whatever, whatever
1: trending. What's right? trending?
0: But there used to never be anything trending except for longer or darker eyelashes, or eye, you know heavier. Like with this Brooke Shields, when,
1: like Brooke Shields, she brought the bushy eyebrows, yeah. right? But yeah. it wasn't
0: like a, anything like physically done to your face. It was just how you did your makeup or how you did right. your hair. And well, it's a I,
1: different world now.
0: But I think a lot of the stuff people start doing it so young, it's kind of going to be really bad in the long run. I. But it's agree. also scary at that age because you go, "This is this is you." Even if you're on, you, I mean, you go down the the rabbit hole of social media. It's easy to get on there and just keep looking and looking and looking. Mm -hmm. But if you're young and you're on your phone that much, imagine that age having that in your face. If I had that on my face when I was in my 30s, I would probably think I was fat and ugly. I,
1: I don't know. Right. And being a little insecure because who isn't still insecure a bit in your 30s? I don't care what they all say, but- Um, I also think uh, to your point, I also think that if you do too much too early, um, yes, you have to keep it up, but I also feel that it makes a lot of these girls in their thirties look 10 years older. It's like, what are you guys doing? Stop wearing so much makeup. I'm so happy that my daughters, your daughter doesn't seem to wear a lot of makeup either. Mm -mm. We don't wear a lot of makeup. Um, And I like that, you know, my daughters don't color their hair, you know, it's just, it's we're not, (laughs) and I'm not, I'm not standing here saying we've got perfect daughters because no, no, we we don't, we don't, God we're, (laughs) we're just saying that, um, just slow down. Don't try to be too much for everything or everyone and just go at your own pace and enjoy this youthful time in your life. Because sometimes when you do too much, it makes you look older, and when you're your, our age, the last you don't thing need we any won- help, right? We don't need any more help. Like you know, on TikTok, there's this trend, um, and I don't know if you've seen it, but um, you could put the aging trend, what you're going to look like in 30 years. I did it. I can't even post it. It's so
0: awful. I need I, to do it. I I thought I did it at one point and didn't post it. Obviously, I didn't like it. I, I just I, I, I couldn't. Thinking, That's bullshit. <laughs> I I was like
1: oh my god so I love it when these 30 year olds are doing it and what they'll look like in their 60s. It's like guys, it's the beginning of freedom in your 60s. So yes. It's not it's not for us to do. Um so a few comments we just wanted to point on is about the plastic surgery is and we've mentioned it is that it's your own personal journey. Um yes. and that you know what Kim and I are doing now. It's we we went on our own journey of our own surgeries, whatever we've done, and we've shared them with you. And I hope that us sharing what we've gone through and we can go into more detail about our experiences, if you want, um, that you share them with other people because there are so many misunderstandings about um, cosmetic surgery and people hating on you for doing it and at the end of the day you've got to it's only that you are living with yourself nobody else is walking in your shoes except for you and so it's interesting to hear that you felt bad getting the boob job when at that age and how you feel differently when you had your face lift because you're not the same person you've grown mm-hmm. you've you've you are you are much more evolved um than you were back then and, um, and, and I want everybody to feel that way, but it's the, people are getting facelifts younger and younger though, Kim, they're getting them in like their forties.
0: Really? Yeah. I, I, I think every doctor I went to was like fifties a good fit in your fifties. I mean, wait, late fifties is good. I heard,
1: I heard 54.
0: Yeah. And then i mean, but 60 by far is not too late.
1: No, no. I don't, know,
0: I don't know if there is a time. Well, I did have one doctor say. For your what you pay to get a facelift and how many years you have left you need to like figure that out.
1: Well right. that's why when I had this this lower lift done, um it wasn't you had the deep plane facelift. I did not have that. I just had the lower done and it was not deep plane and he did say to me, you're going to need a facelift five years from now. Oh, okay. okay. uh I am. He's like, yeah, this is. And then I said, am I going to need another one after that? He goes, well, how long do you want to live? Yeah. I said, till 100. He goes, you might need two more. Yeah. Like, she okay. said, you'll
0: be back. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'm coming back for another one. She goes, yes, you will. This was before I had it done. She goes, yes, you will.
1: And I said, no, I won't. <laughs> do, what do you think now? Do you think you would in 15 years? I don't know. I'm still years. on that.
0: Since so I'm only six months out, you kind of go through that thing where at first you're really tight because you're so swollen. Yeah. And then the swelling starts to go down. Even Joe was like, wow, it's kind of loosening up a lot. You oh think you did no, it? <laughs> he did not say that. <laughs> he did. And I was oh. like, no, I think it'll be okay. But oh I mean, it, my God. It's so funny because you go, when he first saw me, he's like, God, you look like a mannequin because your face is so tight. <laughs> and then as it, you kind of go back to where you look, you know, like you look like you're, you're in your upper age. You're not, I, otherwise I would be so tight. I look like a Barbie doll. And you couldn't move your face. And that wouldn't be any good either. But, but to go from where I was to now, I think it's good. Yeah. So, yeah. But I don't know if you, I mean, like, I, I don't think my mom at 83 needed a, needed a facelift and she hadn't had one. I think she looks great. So I don't know. She had one at
1: 83?
0: No, she's never had one.
1: She'd like to have
0: one at 87. Right now she's 87. And I'm like, she doesn't need it. I'm like, why would that see that that person, if she found a doctor that did it, they maybe need to be shot.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, are you going to share your before and after?
0: I got all the videos made that, uh, as I, cause I went through, I, I recorded everything like for the first month and a half or two months mm-hmm. just to show it's kind of a, that's a whole lot of change through there. Yeah. I know I'll get raked over the coals when I share it because no, it's going to be not. a whole, cause you look terrible. Like you're, you're bruised all over. You look like you've been hit with a bat. Absolutely. Yeah. And then. And then I, I I need to do a little more follow up because you still even six months out and just now kind of getting more like it tingles and stuff. It's not as numb, right? It's not as numb and that that didn't feel good. Like if no. I if I were to go like that, you go, ew, gross. <laughs> right, right. 70- but you're still swollen. It like I can wake up some days and be swollen, or I can be just at the end of the day go, God, that side feels more swollen. I mean, it takes a full year to get over it, it I think. It does.
1: It does. That's what they say. It but they do also say it's the gift. That keeps on giving. On giving. That's I heard that a lot. Yeah, it's the gift yeah. that keeps on giving. Um, but it's so, kind of
0: like we for people who had no boobs before they had a boob job, like me, none. Yeah. And you go, oh my god, I I hate. I don't even want to put a swimsuit on because I'm as flat as a board. Everything's terrible on me. And then then once you get a boob job and you're okay with it and you get used to it, you're like, it's not a non. It's like you don't even give it a second thought. No. It's like we just move on.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I I loved having bigger boobs. And then so like we I did, love having a flat stomach.
0: Yeah. But it's like with the pictures with Alex when she got married. It would be like the, the photographer, I should have said ahead of time, make sure you get a good view of me too. <laughs> Cause it'd be like I'd be helping Alex do something and i go, ew, gross. Look at you know, that kind of stuff where you go, should have wish I'd had him cut that out or whatever. Um, now it'll be a non-it. Like I won't even have to think about the angle. Or right. anything. Because like when they film me when I'm doing Man on the Street, you go, Good God. <laughs> That's right. a terrible I angle. Mean,
1: I don't feel that. I've seen your man on the street and I've seen the older ones. And I don't I don't think that. Um, but I felt the same way about my tummy, even though I competed with my stomach sticking out a little bit. Um, it was always something that bothered me. And now when I do a photo shoot, like I did something for the for in fitness, I didn't even have to say make sure you tell me to hold my stomach in it was just like i had all you know what it just gives you this confidence to be free to be you and you're not self like you're saying you're not self-conscious anymore and to me that's really important for our mental health Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's i think for anything If you do too much of anything, right, if you exercise too much, if you only eat healthy 1000% of the time and never indulge in anything ever, um, if you are, if you do anything to one extreme, it's not healthy for us, Mm -mm. right? Um, So find that moderation. So if you're somebody who becomes obsessed with plastic surgery, maybe you need to seek some help because maybe there are other things in your life that aren't working for you you know i've mentioned this before i was like a shopaholic when i was married to my ex-husband because i wasn't happy in my marriage i wasn't having an affair i wasn't taking drugs i wasn't t- drinking alcohol i i i spent a ton of money on stuff i didn't need so mm-hmm. and that was my outlet and that i got help for it because i realized oh oh it's not that i want these things because i wanted to return everything it was that It gave me that sense of power and freedom that I didn't feel I had in my marriage. Mm -hmm. So if there's anything in your life that you go to an extreme to, you should really sit back and talk to somebody about it. That's a really good point. You know, because an extreme of anything is not good for our mental or physical well-being. So... um, Anything else that you wanted to share about plastic surgery that maybe we didn't um, talk about? We've kind of gone all over the place talking about the judgment, the challenges and the rewards.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, I mean, other than really doing your research, and I I don't mean just two do doctors, if it takes you four right. years to do a bunch of research, just yes. do it.
1: Yes. And also if you can, um, I know a friend who's just crazy about, doing her research, which I think is great. Um, she likes to talk to patients of the doctor to see how their results went. Now, knowing that everybody's results are just going to be a little bit different, but how did the whole thing go? I think that's very important too.
0: Yeah. So don't just go to their social media page and see how everyone turned out and go, that's what I'm going to look like. Cause they're generally going to post the ones that look the best, right?
1: Yeah. And I will, should I share about the doctor that I went to see in, in, um, who gave me a quote of 186,000 dollars for a facelift. Yeah. Yes, and
0: then and then I want to tell you what my doctor did about giving you people to talk to. So to tell us about yeah. your doctor.
1: Yeah, so I went to um I'm researching on getting a full-on facelift. So I had my upper eyes done and a lower a lower lift of some sort. I don't even know what I had. So I sound dumb saying that. Um and now I need the uppers, the lowers and a full-on facelift now. So I'm doing my research. I went to see a doctor and her quote was $186,000 and I thought this office is really really nice. I don't need to be in a doctor's office that's this nice who's going to and then I compared her price with so many other doctors and it was insane. So really you've got to do your due diligence. That was my yeah. first consultation. And um
0: and I also if I I hate I mean this sounds bad but if you Like, would I think a facelift was worth it if I had to take out a loan? I probably wouldn't think that. I don't know. But, I mean, I I just want to go. It's almost like a... It's like you kind of have to... If you think you're going to get one, save up for it ahead of time and then do it. Because it's like... Yes. You just... I don't know. It seems like that would you be- don't,
1: You don't want to live in a hovel, not having food to eat or a car to drive yeah, or like transportation. Yeah, like there's a whole lot of
0: things that go into it. You it's that go... balance.
1: You got to find that balance. Like, do you want to be bankrupt but have a beautiful facelift? I don't no. know. That's yeah. where I feel that it gets misunderstood and people do become obsessed and they don't
0: think it out rationally. And maybe even these young people doing all these things, it's not cheap, I don't know how they afford it at their age. A lot of it. I mean, just to get your hair done and stuff is expensive. So I think I... that you do kind of have to go, this is, this is not for me right now. And I mean, if you ha- what's
1: it's like saving up for like your you retirement,
0: t- just like you said about, yeah, if it's going to affect your retirement, that's terrible. But like you said, um, uh, hold on word retrieval. Um it's like, good God! It just went. Doing
1: away. Is, is it um, <laughs> talking about girls doing it too early, like in their thirties? And, yes, and, and
0: paying for it. But mm-hmm. I can't remember where I was going to go, Jody. Good God! Okay, but it wasn't. Okay. Okay. So anyway, I'm going to move on to maybe. It'll okay. Come to me, okay. Um, the girl, So the doctor that I went to, they give you. She gave me three people to talk to who just had different phases like one was just six months out one was like eight months out one was a little bit longer i think Mm -hmm. and so i talked to all three of them they showed me pictures they told me how everything was had i not talked to them beating myself up thinking i was going to go back to my thought at like i did when i had my boob job Mm -hmm. i I almost backed out like i've told joe i'm not going to go oh really when i talked to them on the phone everything they said i was like okay it was really good. It was, right. And I had, so Alex took care of me. They, Alex was able to talk to them afterwards and they gave yes. her advice and taking care of me. And then as I would go through things, I'd go, is this normal? And they'd be like, completely. Yes, yes.
1: Mine with the tummy tuck, same thing. Lexi kind of took care of me because I stayed over in, in the city. Um, and I had a nurse with me overnight and then Lexi drove me home. And then I had a nurse when I was here at home for like, but you know, then after like two days, I found that having worked on, and they say having work done on your face is easier to recover from than like a tummy tuck, for example, or like. Probably because you're
0: not, I mean, think about, you don't use your stand and sit and. (laughs) Right.
1: Oh my God. I was like in a, walked like in the shape of a C for two weeks. It's, it's a, it's a tough recovery. Do you wonder what
0: Kate had done? Kate Middleton? I don't know. Did she have work done? Well, she had to go in. She had something with her stomach. They kept oh. her in the hospital for two weeks. Like, I I think it's like maybe something inside. I don't know. But now she had to cancel everything until after Easter. Ooh, that doesn't sound like a tummy tuck. Sounds like, like I don't know what. Because a tummy tuck, you were,
1: I mean, I was traveling in six weeks. I, wasn't, oh, yeah. I still couldn't lift any. I mean, they said you could start lifting, but I couldn't. I had to have people put something in the overhead on the plane for me. I couldn't lift it. I just said, I had surgery. I can't lift this. So she must've think- had something
0: really bad on the inside. Ooh, I hope she's okay. They, I think she'll be okay, but I think she just ha- can't do very much till after Easter, which is mm. in when, March or April? Well,
1: look, I hope that if it's, if it's, I hope it's nothing bad, but if it's something that's cosmetic, um, I hope that she shares it. Because as we said at the beginning of the show, the, the, The more you share, the more you empower other women, the more you educate and empower other women. And there is no reason for us to not be educated in this and therefore not judging others for what they're doing. It's it it should be do what you want to do, know the pros and cons, and don't and and you know, financials 101, don't spend spend money. You don't have. So if this is really important to you. And save up oh, for it. I remember
0: what I was going to say. There you go. Okay. But the, the girl, if, if you're younger and you're trying to be in on these fads and spend all of this money doing these things, mm-hmm. like the lips, the whatever, the cheeks or whatever the injections and stuff are, it kind of goes back to that same thing you just said about you were shopping a lot. Like yeah. maybe you need to figure out what it is you're trying to fill, that you're trying to keep up with these fads that maybe aren't really what you look like. Yeah. And it's, it's
1: yes. And like, and it also goes to over-exercising, overeating, yeah. undereating. under uh, Maybe you're traveling all the time. What are you trying to escape? So it's, it's get a reality check. I know that sounds like tough love, but Kim and I are pretty tough. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> get a, get a reality check and, um, and make sure that you've got a healthy balance um, in your life, where your mind and your body are, are both very, very healthy. And so um, let us know how you liked this episode. We'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to the show. Um, There are a lot of you that have subscribed to us on YouTube and we are so grateful for that. And we love, love talking to you. So Mm -hmm. let us know what you think of this this episode where we're talking about the messy middle of our 50s, being in your 60s, divorce, plastic surgery. I know we talked about a lot of things here, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. We're going to get into more in depth in a lot of these subjects as, you know, two women navigating our life through our 60s and um, and what we've learned and what we want to share with you and you know, hoping that you get a lot of value. And share this, so if you're in your 60s, maybe you wanna share this with your mom or your sister. And if you're in your 30s listening to this, maybe you wanna share it with your mom or somebody who's maybe um, a little bit older, but it's good to know when you're in your 30s, this kind of oh, stuff. Oh, I,
0: I would have loved to have heard things like this in my 30s. Me I didn't too, yeah.
1: me too. So we hope that this is helping everybody across the board. Again, an overview of what's to come And uh, so you can find us on anywhere you listen to podcasts at We're Golden. You can find us on YouTube at We're Golden. You can find Kim at Content Kim. That's with two Ks. And you can find me at Jody Harrison Bauer on all social media platforms. And for now, thank you for listening. And until next time, stay golden, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.